This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. We spent last week looking at the New Testament and what the New Testament, how that describes the Holy Spirit to us. And we said basically that it was inclusive, it was forever, and it was relational. Right, And so we, it kind of flipped the script on us between the Old Testament and the New Testament and shifted and changed completely. And so uh, we sort of ended last week talking about how the Holy Spirit is now not necessarily, like when Jesus says, hey guys, listen, I'm taking off, but something better is coming. And we were like, how could Jesus say that? That's crazy. We have like, you know, Jesus right here. And uh, we said, rather than it being God by us, it's God in us. Right, And so we talked a little bit about that, and that's sort of where we left off. And so this week, what I want to talk about is what does that mean for us? What does that look like in our daily lives? How does that sort of portray itself or manifest itself in our daily lives, in our relationships at work, in our family, everywhere we go, everything we do, who we are, what does that look like? And so what we're going to do is we're going to spend a few minutes in Galatians chapter 5 this morning. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Galatians chapter 5. If not, uh, the words will be up on the screen and all that. But what we're going to do is we're going to dive a little deeper and look at what does it look like to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? What does it look like to have God in us? And how does that sort of work itself out in our daily lives? But first, um, we referenced last week this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. And I just want to kind of go back to that for just a second because that's sort of the foundation for this whole thing. And it says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. It says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? And so that's sort of a foundation saying, listen, guys, God in us. This is what this is about. So what does it look like with God in us? How should we be living our lives? How should we respond to things? How should we be proactive to things? And kind of how should we walk through life together with God? Okay, so let's pray together, and then we'll spend a few minutes just kind of unpacking this together. So let's pray. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity we have, the freedom we have to come together and to sing songs of praise and adoration and to to um, give as an act of worship and, and eat some super delicious donuts together and hang out and just have fun, listen to some Aretha Franklin before church, all that stuff. We thank you for the freedom we have to be part of your body. God, we, we, we pray today that as we open your word, that you would allow it to speak truth to us. God, I pray that you would soften our hearts and you'd open our minds and make us receptive to what you have for us today and that we would leave this morning encouraged, challenged, and changed. In Jesus' name, everybody said Amen, amen, awesome, cool. Um, so I want to start off looking at Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18, and then we're going to jump ahead to a couple verses after that, and that's really where we're going to spend a bulk of our time. But um, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18, it says this. So I say, basic, wait, let me, let me start off. So this is a dude named Paul who's writing uh, to a church in Galatia. That's why they're called the Galatians. Like if he was to write a church to a church in Michigan, he'd call it the Michiganders or something like that, right? That's all that that means. Nothing hocus pocus about it. This is the name of the people, right? And he's saying, listen, guys, this is what it looks like to be in a relationship with God. This is what it looks like to be a Christian. This is what it looks like to follow Jesus. So that's kind of what this is all, kind of, that's sort of the framework for this. And so he's writing this. He says, so I say, live by the Spirit. That phrase right there, live by the Spirit. That's a big chunk of this. Live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the, desires of the, sim- for the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to, contrary to the sinful nature. They're in conflict with each other, 
so that you do not do what you want, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So he says, so I say, live by the Spirit. So the way that we read the Bible now is in English, most of us, right? Because we, that's the language that we use. Well, when this was written, it was written in, in Greek and Latin and Aramaic and all of that. And so the Greek word that's used here for live by the Spirit is a verb. Let's go back to English class. How many of you guys remember what a verb is? What's a verb? It's an action word, right? Right? Verb is an action word. Some of you are like, what's a verb? Sunday. I don't need to be thinking about this. A verb is an action word. So the word, the Greek word that's used here is a verb. It's, per, I'm not even going to try it. It's a verb, and it literally means keep on walking. Keep on walking. So this idea of live by the Spirit is this idea of keep on walking in the Spirit. You know what that indicates? That it's a process. It indicates that this is a daily grind. It indicates that this is going to be a struggle and a battle and a process for us to take on. He says it never stops, so keep on walking. He says keep on walking in the spirit. Then he goes, the sinful nature and the sinful desire wants to do all this stuff, and the spirit wants to do all this stuff, and so there's a conflict there. But he starts this thing off by keep on walking, keep pressing forward, keep moving forward. It's going to be a struggle because the sinful nature doesn't stop. It keeps coming in. You don't become this like super holy person where you're like, oh yeah, rainbows and butterflies and I walk on clouds all day, right? Like there's no struggle in my life. That's not the way it works. He is indicating that this is a process and it's something you're going to have to work for. But we can, be, we can overcome and be victorious by the dependence on the Holy Spirit is what he's saying here. And so then just a few verses later in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23, it says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is, many of you guys have heard this before, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kind. I like to like pause after patience. Patience. See what I did there? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So he says, listen, you got this sinful nature that wants to do all this crazy stuff and whatever, and then you got the, 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 the nature of the Spirit, and he's saying, you need to follow the Holy Spirit. And if you're following the Holy Spirit, this is the evidence of you following the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, something that happens very, very frequently in the church, and I believe it happens even more in Michigan, because we do it more than anybody else, is people add an S to the end of words, right? Kroger's. No, it's Kroger. There's no S. Myers, no, it's just Meyer, right? There's no S at the end of that. Can I get an amen from anybody from Michigan? Okay, yes. We had S's to the end of everything. So often in the church, we get this idea that it's the fruits of the Spirit. Newsflash, it's not. That word is singular, fruit of the Spirit. It's one fruit with nine attributes, it's not nine separate fruits. So when we look at the fruits of the Spirit, we're like, hey, I'm going to be really good at love, but kindness, gentleness, and patience, that can kick bricks, right? Because uh, kick rocks, not kick bricks. That would hurt your feet. <laughs> but that, can, that can hit the road, right? Because I'm going to focus on love, and the rest of the stuff can be whatever. No, that's not the way it works. It's like I got this fruit, but not that fruit, and that fruit, but not this fruit. That's not the way it works. It's nine attributes of one fruit. It's like an apple tree, right? An apple tree produces apples, Correct? An apple has what? It has the skin. It has the pulp. Did you know that that's the white stuff of an apple? It's called a pulp. Isn't 
that, no? It makes it sound kind of gross, like I don't want to eat apples anymore. I'm eating pulp. That's weird. Is that just me? Yes. Okay, cool. I can live with that. I can live with that. It's just me. You guys are a bunch of jerks. Um, skin, pulp, it's got what? A core, a stem, all this stuff, seeds in it, right? You don't have a seed tree that grows apple seeds, right? You don't have an apple skin tree that grows the skin. You don't have a pulp tree that's even just, it feels gross in my mouth to say. A pulp tree that grows pulp, right? You have an apple tree with all these different attributes of what makes up an apple. It's the same thing with the fruit of the Spirit. The evidence of the Spirit in your life is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are the attributes of one fruit, not multi-fruits, not, not separate fruits. And so that's sort of a foundation for moving forward in the rest of this discussion this morning is that we realize that it's one fruit with nine attributes. Now, these nine attributes sort of break down into like three groupings, if you will. Like the first three kind of go together, the second three kind of go together, and the third three kind of go together. The first three are love, joy, and peace. These are more habits of the mind, right? These are things that are internal, that we can work on, that we can practice, that we can learn, that we can develop, that we can grow. Remember, walking in the spirit, it's a process, it's a growth, it's a journey. So these first three are sort of habits of the mind. The second three, patience, kindness, and goodness, those more reach out to others, right? That's not so much internal, that's us interacting with other people. And then the third three, uh, guide our general conduct, right? These are things that we do, sort of who we are, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so what I want to do is I want to spend the next probably about 10 minutes breaking down all nine of these attributes, okay? So we got to move quick, we got to move fast, but hopefully what I can do this morning is get you thinking about yourself. Get you thinking about which of these attributes you're like, you're thriving in, and then which of these attributes you're like, dang, I need some work, right? And I'm going to do this whole thing talking about one of my friends this morning who is an incredible person. And this person, honestly, um, every, every time I think about talking about the different attributes of the fruit of the Spirit, and I try to think of someone who really embodies all of these attributes just about every time I see them. And so I'm going to talk my, about my wife. I'm just kidding. It's not my wife. It's Don Elliott. Where is Don Elliott? Where is he? I told him, here, stand up, Don. Everybody stand up. This is Don. Everybody say, hey, Don. No, stand up longer than that. That's indicative of Don's personality. He's like, <laughs> um, But I'm going to talk about Don Elliott this morning. And um, I told him I was going to before church, and he totally thought I was joking. And he's like, oh, I better sit up in the balcony so you can't find me. And <laughs> hearty har. I told everybody else, I was like, he thinks I'm joking, and I'm not. I'm talking about him all morning, legit. Um, but I'm going to talk about Don this morning and sort of how these things, I've, I've seen them evidenced in his life. And how it's, it's, these are small, simple things, but you can see the evidence of the Holy Spirit active and alive. And this is not Don up here boasting about himself talking about all this. This is through my lens of seeing Don interact on a daily basis. And so by the end of this, hopefully, we can grow in our journey enough that when other people talk about us, they feel the same way. They see these same attributes. They see these same things coming through in our lives. Because if they don't, uh-oh. We may need to change some things. We may need to fix some things. And so the first group, habits of the mind. Like I said, they're habits of the mind. Love, joy, and peace. You can work on these things. You can think on these things. You can develop these things in your head and really, really focus on growing in these areas. Love is the first one. Love. Love is like the fundamental, most important of these attributes. The, the word that's used for love here is agape. 
And there's a lot of different Greek words that represent different sort of kinds of love. They got brotherly love. They got, you know, erotic love. They got fatherly love and, and, and spousal love. They got all these different words for love, right? Well, this word, this agape that's used, this is the word that's used for God's love for us. It's this idea of unconditional love. Like you can't do anything to earn it. You can't do anything to lose it. He loves you no matter what. Unconditional. There are no conditions to this love. And so when it says the fruit of the Spirit in our life is agape, agape love, this means that our perspective should be that same kind of love that God has for us. And so the evidence of the Spirit in our lives is having this same self-sacrificial love for other people, putting other people before us, loving other people more than we love ourselves. For some of us, like, that's, don't know if I can do that. But that's what we're called to. And that's evidence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We'll reflect, we'll reflect the love of God that he has for us when we are submissive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And like I said, this is Don Elliott, man. Don shows up smiling and pumped up about life. I'm not kidding when I say that I see him sort of skip, jog, trot more than I see him walk because he's just that excited to serve other people. Many of you guys don't know this, but I'm, I'm thinking for the past, I don't know, eight years or so, Don is here before anybody else every Sunday. He's here until Davey came and changed worship practice to 8.30 like a jerk. Don was the first one here. <laughs> we were meeting at 9, and it was sweet. Now it's 8.30. That 30 minutes is brutal. Um, I don't know. It is. It's good for us. That's right. Um, but Don is here first thing for the past eight years. It used to be Don would get here and he'd help me shovel and he'd help me salt and he'd help me do whatever. I'd have questions on Don. I, there are 300 light switches in this church. How do I turn that light on? And he would know, right? But he comes because he loves this faith community and loves what God is doing here and he wants to put others before himself. Don could sleep until 1030, roll out of bed and come to church like everybody else, but he doesn't. He's Don Don the donut man. That's what, the, uh, that's what Carmen calls him. Because Don's the dude that picks up our donuts over in Ferndale. Don's the guy that makes the coffee. So if you hate it, it's his fault. If you love it, I picked it. Um, but Don shows this self-sacrificial love all the time. It's consistent across the board. This love is the foundation for the other attributes. And so you need to think, when people think of you, do they think, man, that person loves hard. That person loves hard. They love other people like God loves them. Because that's an attribute of the fruit of the Spirit. The second one is joy. Joy is this deep and abiding inner rejoicing, right? This supersedes circumstances. Life can be crappy around you, but you got this inner residing rejoicing of knowing that everything ultimately is okay. And everything's going to be okay. There's hope inside of you because you have the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you, do you understand? Don exemplifies this incredibly. Don's going to be like, dude, stop talking about me. But um, about three months after I became the pastor here, uh, Don's dad passed away. Probably three months, six months, something like that. His dad passed away. And uh, his dad was one of the founding members of this church back in, what, like the 1800s? Or what was it? Like the 60s, 50s, 40s, something like that. Uh, one of the founding dudes of this, this congregation. And... Uh, you know, when Don's dad passed, Don's dad had been living with him, and he had been taking care of him, and so, you know, there was a lot of responsibility there, deep connection, obviously, all this stuff, and when his dad passed, man, Don still didn't walk when he went places. He still skip, run, trotted, 
places because that inner joy inside of him, he didn't let, even though circumstances around him were falling apart and life was kind of crashing down, he had this inner deep abiding rejoicing that was so inspirational to witness and to see that Don never missed a beat, never missed anything. He took care of everything and he was just like peppy. It was almost like disgusting. It was like, how are you so happy all the time? You know, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or am I the only, Keith's laughing because Keith knows. But he just had this deep inner rejoicing. And, and, and it's crazy because little did Don know, but, and little did I know, but a few years later, I was going to lose my mom. And being able to see the way that he responded and the way that he acted through his time of turmoil was incredibly inspiring to me as an onlooker and someone just experiencing what he was going through and the way he handled it. That's the fruit of the Spirit. That's joy in our hearts where other people can see Jesus because of the way we respond to crappy things in our lives. Other people can see Jesus because of the way that we love others. Does that make sense? The third one that's a habit of the mind is this peace. It's this inner quietness and, and repose. It's this, right? You're not up in the rafters. You're not freaking out about this, that, and the other. You're just calm, cool, and collective, even in adverse circumstances, right? The, the Bible calls it peace that surpasses understanding, People look at it and go, how are you so chill about this? How are you so cool with this? How are you so mellow about this that you're not freaking out in the rafters, going crazy about every little thing? Well, it's this peace that comes as a, as a result of having the Spirit in our lives. Don was there when the transition took place whenever I became pastor here about eight years ago. For those of you who don't know, this was a church, a little church, uh, probably 12, 15 people when I got here. And... Uh, they had had a tough time. There was some moral failure. There was some really, really bad leadership and poor decisions that were made. And this thing like was in the toilets. But Don wasn't shaken. Don wasn't rattled. God, Don knew that God had called this place, called him to this place to do something awesome here. And Don was just chill. And so I'd called Don because I didn't even know where the toilet paper was when I got here, man. It was rough. It was rough. I called Don. I'm like, Don, Don, what do I do? I got a notice on my door that says I have to shovel the snow. He's like, well, Sam, you got to shovel the snow. I'm like, all of it? He's like, yep, all of it. I'm like, all the way from over there to all the way to Jimmy John's? He's like, yep. I'm like, Don, that's like three feet of snow deep right now. He's like, I'll be over in a minute. <laughs> and Don's out there shoveling with me, man. And I'm like, Don, this sucks. He's like, yep. I'm like, yeah. But, I mean, it was this inner peace, this, this repose. I mean, he could have easily been like, I know, dude, this sucks. I'm supposed to be at home. I'm helping you. You know, it wasn't. He was, had this peace, this calm, this, this chill, right? And so these first three attributes, these are habits of the mind that we can develop on our journey. This love, joy, and peace. Reflecting the agape love of God to others. Having this joy that keeps a positive attitude, continually praising no matter what's going on around us. And this peace that's not shaken or rocked to the core. These are habits of the mind, fruit of the spirit. The second group, these three, they reach out to others. This is patience, kindness, and goodness. And so patience is this idea of forbearance under provocation. It's keeping your cool in trying circumstances. When things are going crazy and you just want to, ooh, I'm going to let them have it. I'm going to show them what is and what ain't, right? You get in that position. It's keeping your cool in those circumstances, like waiting in lines, right? You're waiting in lines. And uh, how many of you are the toe tapper when you're waiting in line? Be honest. You're like... As it gets longer, right, then you end up looking like one of those show ponies. You know what I'm talking about? No. How many of you are like the, the one-leg leaner? The, 
Be honest. Person in front of you is paying in all pennies, buying like $60 worth of stuff. You're like, right? Or how many of you are like the neck roller? You're like, you kind of put your tongue in your cheek. Anybody else seeing this? You guys seeing this? What's going on here? Right? Is that, did I just describe everyone in this room? I'm all of them at certain times. I'm just being honest. I'm sitting there going, you know, it's, people are like, is that guy okay? Do we need, to, we need to call somebody? What's going on? Or like annoying people and they walk around and you're like, oh my gosh, this is driving me nuts. I just want to, if I could just, just one, just hit them one time, I would feel so much better about life. Right? Just, just one punch, just one. Or, or, or kid stuff, right? If you've taken your kids to Disney World, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's the happiest place on earth, but I've never seen more crying children or angry parents in my life, right? It, it's just, it is the way that, so you've been provoked and you got all this stuff and, and it's, it's this idea of, of, of being patient and chilling and not letting that stuff rattle you and rattle you and get you all crazy, right? Hide your crazy. Exemplify some patience. Don was here for probably 10, 15 years of poor leadership at this church that was just bad decision, bad decision, bad decision after another that took this church from like four or 500 people down to the 12 that it was when I got here. But Don knew that God had called him here. He said, I just got to have patience. I know God's telling me stuff. I know God wants to do cool stuff here. I know God wants to use me. I know God wants to use this church. And he exemplified this, this, this chill, this patience. When all this chaos and craziness is going on around him, he's like, Psh, I'm chill right? The, the, the second one in this group is kindness. Kindness is benevolence in action. You know, this is doing kind things for other people. When you see a need, it's filling the need. You know, it's not saying, oh man, that needs to get done. I really hope somebody gets over there and does that. Oh man, that person needs help. I really hope the person behind me stops and helps them. Oh man, I hope this, that somebody else kind of takes the, the, the lead on that. No, it's not waiting for someone else. Kindness is benevolence in action. You see a need, you take care of the need. You see a, a gap, you fill the gap. You see a problem, you try to solve the problem. It's stepping up to the plate and caring for others even before yourself at times. Kindness in action. Benevolence in action. Some, something happened with the dishwasher this morning. I walked in and Don's back there hand washing all the mugs that you guys are drinking coffee out of today. Kindness in action. He didn't say, hey Sam, uh, the dishwasher thing messed up. Uh, you got, some, is somebody going to come and do these dishes or, you know, is something going to happen? No, I walk in. He's got like a, the bowl of soap water, the bowl of clean water. He's got towels laid out. He's back there. Brother Sam. That's what he said. And he's smiling. I'm like, Don, you're a little annoying this early. And he's cleaning, he's cleaning these dishes, cleaning all the mugs, man. That's kindness. That's benevolence in action. That's seeing a need and filling the need. That's stepping up to the plate and doing what needs to be done because you know it needs to be done. That's evidence of the Spirit in your life. Do people see these things in you? Do they see that the Holy Spirit is in you through the way that you act, the way that you live, the way that you carry on your life? The third one is goodness. And goodness is sort of a twofold. It's like this uprightness of soul, but it's also like doing good as well. I know that's improper English, but, you know, that, that's what it is. It's an overflow of what's happening inside of you, right? It's clean character and it's clean conscience, Goodness is one of those things that like, can't really be quantified. You just know, right? You got like, man, that's just a good dude. You guys ever said that before? That's just, that, he's a good guy. That's a good lady right there, man. They are just, they're good. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Like, how do you quantify the goodness? You don't know, but you just know that they're good. And you know when someone's a creep, you know? But you know when someone's good. You know what I'm talking about? Just, I, can't, I can't put my finger on They're just good. 
That's Don. Standing over there with his mustache greeting you every morning. He's a good guy. You know? You walk up and you're like, there's Don. He's good. You are good, good Don. Right? Let's change that. I'm going to do a remix. But that, that, this <laughs> Don's like, I'm never coming to this church again. I'm done after today. <laughs> but patience, it's this keeping your cool even in adversity, right? This, this idea of kindness, it's caring for others and actually doing it. Goodness, it's clean character, clean conscience. And then the third group, the final three, this sort of guides our conduct. This faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Faithfulness is that quality that renders someone to be trustworthy or reliable. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 37, Jesus calls it, he says, let your yes be yes and your no be be no. When you say you're going to do something, you do it. When you, when, you, know, when you say yes to something, you, sh- you, you say yes. When you say no, you say no. It's this faithfulness quality. It's also this idea of being like a battle buddy, right? How many of you guys have a battle buddy? When life gets thick and tough and crappy, you got that. None of you? You guys need some friends. How many of y'all got a battle buddy? Come on. Okay, maybe they're called ride or die. Y'all got like some ride or die chicks, right? No? Yes? No? Okay. A few of you. The rest of you. You go, oh, Jesus is my ride or die, hallelujah. Mm, Preach. (laughs) No, but you know what I'm talking about, right? These are people that got your back. And the mountaintop, they're there celebrating with you. And life is awesome. Things are good. It's incredible. When things are low, a lot of those people disappear. But this person's there, right? You're there in in the slums and you're there in the successes. It's this faithfulness. It's this consistent presence. Listen, Don had my back so hardcore in the transition to this church. It's incredible. The 12 people that were here were connected to like 80 people, and they were all saying how I'm just like the worst thing that ever happened to Jesus and to church and to anything and everything. When we painted this back wall brown, they were like, I believe he worships Satan. Oh, my goodness. Right? It was like, it was a crazy thing. I taught from a computer. They're like, he just downloads those messages right off the internet and reads them. Guys, do you even know how a computer works? Really? Um, but Don had my back through all that. He's like, no, guys, y'all need to chill out. No, nah, man. God's got something going on here. No, this is good. Don was my battle buddy. He was my ride or die through that whole transition. And it was absolutely incredible. Are you that person for other people? Are you, oh yeah, you want to go to my boat today? Yeah, let's go hang out. Totally cool. Hey man, I'm having a really hard time. Can we talk? Nah, I got this kid thing. I, sorry, I just, I can't. My bad. Right? Do we have this quality of faithfulness? Are we ride or die? <laughs> you know? The second quality in this, the second sort of attribute in this group is gentleness, being considerate of others when discipline's needed. Because, you know, we've got to have hard conversations. You've got to do these things. Do we handle them with gentleness? It's more than handling things with childlike gloves, like being like, oh, let me just dance around your emotions and feelings. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying speaking the truth in love. We can speak the truth, but we need to speak the truth in love. Let me tell you how many times Don did this with all my stupid ideas when I first got here. Don, let's do this. He's like, well, Brother Sam, uh, what if we just tried this instead? I'm like, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do that. I mean, I was just like, I was 26 and had no idea. I was like, ah, bah, 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 let's do everything. And, but Don handled it with such gentleness that it was incredible. He would just kind of kindly guide me and be like, oh, that's a bad idea. That's not a very, no. But he would speak the truth in love. Are we speaking the truth in love to people? Is that an evidence of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and in our lives? And then the third one is self-control. This is sort of self-mastery. This is curbing the sinful nature and the fleshly desires and impulses and all this stuff. There's an internal battle raging all the time, right? It's allowing the Spirit to win that internal battle. 
It's reflecting Jesus always, this self-control idea. Again, it goes back to character. You are who you are when nobody's looking. That's who you really are. And so how is your character? How is your self-control? How do you contain yourself and control yourself and allow God to use you? Faithfulness, trustworthy and reliable. Gentleness is truth and love. And self-control is self-mastery, this idea. And so many of us are sitting here and we're thinking, man, that's, a, that's quite the laundry list, man. That's a lot of stuff. Not everybody can be freaking Don Elliott, right? What's the deal? I don't think I, I don't, that, that ain't me. I don't think I can handle that stuff. This list can be extremely, extremely daunting. And we can listen to it and say, man, I don't even know if I got a little bit of trace of the Spirit in my life. I thought that was good, but I don't, that stuff, I don't know. Some of you are coming to the realization that we may need more of the Spirit in our daily lives, in our daily interactions, in the way that we live as a Christ follower. Some of us are still trying to wrap our head around the idea that there's one fruit and nine attributes. You're like, what? So you guys will catch up. You can catch the podcast and catch the rest of the stuff. But this morning, I think that we need to evaluate and be real with ourselves a little bit, you know? I think we kind of need to go through this list a little bit and evaluate what's going on. Do you love like the Spirit is leading you? Do you love like the Spirit is leading you, or do you just love people that are easy to love? Do you just love people who vote like you and think like you and dress like you and look like you and believe like you, or do you really love like God loves us, you know? We need to ask ourselves, do we love like the Spirit is leading you? Do you experience joy like the Spirit is leading you? This deep and inner abiding rejoicing. Do you experience joy like the Spirit is leading you? Do you experience peace like the Spirit is leading you? That supersedes all circumstances. Doesn't matter who this president is or the next president or the president after that. I got peace. I got joy. I'm going to love some people. Is that the way that the Spirit is leading us? Do you experience patience like the Spirit is leading you? This is an area I need to grow in. I got four kids under eight, okay? There, there are some moments. Last night, I literally had to cut some pajamas off of a child with scissors. That's how twisted and stuck it got, okay? I need some patience. Pray for me, Okay? I'm not kidding. But are we able to keep our cool in trying? <laughs> it, tra- it was traumatic. There were tears. The kids cried too. It was intense. <laughs> Man, do you experience patience like the Spirit is leading you? Do you experience kindness like the Spirit is leading you? Living benevolence in action, caring for other people, being doers of good. Do you experience goodness? like the Spirit is leading you, uprightness of soul, reaching out to do good. Do you experience faithfulness like the Spirit is leading you, a battle buddy, a ride or die through thick or thin? Your yes means yes, your no means no. You're consistent. You're a consistent presence in people's lives, a consistent presence in their conversation and in their faith journey. Do you experience gentleness like the Spirit is leading you, considerate of others but speaking the truth in love? Do you experience self-control like the Spirit is leading you, consistently curbing the fleshly desires and exhibiting this sort of self-mastery idea. Because if not, if this sounds nothing like you, you may need to ask yourself, are you being led by the Spirit? 
Oh, I've, I've been going to church for 65 years. Okay. Do you have evidence that the Spirit is in your life? Does this sound like you? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. I know it's a tall order. I know it's a huge list, and it can be daunting. But listen, here's the deal. You don't have to be 100% of these 100% of the time. Nobody can do that. Nobody can be 100% of these 100% of the time. That's where grace shines so bright. That's where grace comes in, and we say, man, okay, okay. Jesus says, listen, I know you can't do all this stuff, but I got you. You need to be working towards it, but I got you. But here's the deal. Hear me out. Grace is not license to suck as a human. Oh, there's grace for that. I can do. I can gossip all I want. There's grace for that. Grace is not license to suck as a human. Grace is liberty to not feel defeated when you fall short. There's a big difference. Grace is not license to suck as a human. Grace is 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 this liberty to not feel defeated when you fall short. You can't be 100% of these things 100% of the time unless you're Don. Because evidently he can. You can't be 100% of these things 100% of the time. God grace picks us up where we fall flat. But if you are less than 50% of these things less than 50% of the time, you need to do some work. Right? You need to do sort of a Holy Spirit inventory and say, where am I at with God? Like for real. Like, where's this relationship thing at? I know I go to church, but what does my life look like Monday through Saturday as well? Because if we're less than these, less than 50% of these things, less than 50% of the time, we got some work to do. Because this is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. This is the evidence that God is in us. This is the evidence that we follow Jesus. And so if your life is not consistently producing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, you need to yield to the Holy Spirit. You need to do some work. Stop trying to run the show yourself. And so I have a very practical, tangible takeaway today. We're going we're gonna to do another song, and I want to give you guys an opportunity to sort of do a Holy Spirit inventory and say, is this me? Is this how I'm living my life? Am I being the person that I want to be? Am I being the person that God has called me to be? Am I living a life like this? We're going to give you an opportunity for that, but there's a very practical thing that we can do to help grow in this. Remember how I said it's a journey and it's something we're going to have to work on and grow into? Everybody has a cell phone. Just grab your cell phone. Do we even call them cell phones anymore? Do I, am I totally like late 90s with that statement? Everybody has a cellular device. Listen, grab this thing and set an alarm. Set an email that, that consistently emails you or on your calendar or on Facebook or whatever or a reminder that says, hey, you walking by the Spirit? And then in the little tagline, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Let that crap go off three, four times a day and see what happens. See how much more you're able to love people, how much more kindness you can have, how much joy and peace and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness, how that stuff can stay in the forefront of your mind. That's easy. Take about three minutes. Remind me every day at two o'clock, because two o'clock's right after my boss stops by my desk. Remember, Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Because this is who we need to be. This is who we're called to be. That's how we're called to live our lives. That's how we have a relationship with God. That's the evidence that the Holy Spirit is inside of us. And so this morning, like I said, what I want to do is I want to give you an opportunity to do an inventory. The band's going to lead us in a song, and we're going to close up and get out of here. But I want you guys to ask yourselves, do I love like that? Do I have joy like that? Do I have peace like that? Do I have patience, kindness, goodness like that? Am I faithful? Do 
I have gentleness and self-control? Like there's actually the Holy Spirit in my life. If someone were to stand on a stage, you know, four or five years down the road without me knowing and talk about me, would they talk about me like he just talked about Don? Because if not, we got some work to do. We got some growth that needs to take place. Let's pray together. God. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and you experience life change. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but still want to support this faith community, visit our giving page at centralchurch.cc. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes.